welcome back to the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. On today's episode, I'm joined by Alex Dyer from Theatre Accounts. We dive into your taxes, how to save money and what you can and can't claim. This episode was so useful and I'm sure for anyone listening who is a little bit lost with their tax, whether you are new to the industry, returning to the industry, a fresh grad or someone who's kind of been doing their own taxes during their career but has never known fully what is the right thing to do. So let's get on with the show, let's solve your tax issues. Today on the Business of Show Business podcast, we are talking about tax and your accounts. These are words that can strike fear into the heart of some creatives, but do not worry. We are joined by Alex Dyer from Theatre Accounts, who will put you at ease. How's it going, Alex? I'm very well, thank you, Jamie. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for coming on board, because I've had so many people reach out over the seasons to be like, ah, finances, accounts, what do I do? So I'm sure you were be a breath of fresh air and calm people. <laughs> I will certainly try my best. It's not the um, it's not the most exciting topic for everybody to talk about, but um, hopefully we can we can make it a bit more fun than it than it normally is. So yeah, let's let's do it. Let's go. So theatre accounts, you work exclusively with those in the entertainment industry. So before we unpack that, but how did theatre accounts come about? Did you spot that niche? Were you surrounded by performers? How did this company blossom? Oh my God, what a question. Um, how, uh, how long have we got? How many hours? <laughs> how long can this take? Um, I think it gets dark about six o'clock tonight, so we'll, let's, <laughs> let's get on. I think the, the long story short is, and what I think a lot of people wouldn't know, is that actually Alex has been involved in a couple of um, accountancy businesses throughout the time, the life um, of myself. And many, many years ago, back in, I think it was 2008-ish, um, I was working in an accountancy practice. I was young, naive, um, but doing really, really well, obviously. And we were then approached by somebody who had originally set up theatre accounts, probably now, I think, over, I don't know, 50 years ago. So, of course, I'm not that old. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to say that Theatre Counts was my complete idea. Um, but I think when we took it over, we took it over in about 2008. The original guy that founded it was called John Hackett, and AKA Hack was his name. That was his moniker he used to sign things off with. <laughs> um, he was in the performing world himself. And I think he, he was looking for somebody to pass it on to and somebody who he trusted, which was us. Great. Love it. Um, we did a super supersonic simple deal between us on the back of a fag packet as people say mm-hmm. um took over with him i think literally i don't know 65 70 clients something like that um he retired shortly afterwards and then yeah that was it the rest is pretty much history fast forward to where are we now 2021 2010 2011 i was married with a beautiful wife a beautiful young daughter business was going well and that's when i think everything was a bit settled and things started to get exciting um we started to sign up a few amazing clients which i actually looked at this morning um i probably can't mention their names but back in early 2012 I think we've got some great clients they're still clients now some of them are names that everybody knows and it's just flourished from there pretty much really I think 
for you coming from more of a um I guess a straight-laced accountancy background, then coming into the world of entertainment, it must be quite interesting because obviously it's considered maybe more of a, a neutral topic, but then when you've got like creatives who come in or they're stressing or they're really excited because they land a big job, is it quite interesting for you then dealing with seeing the receipts that come through and the taxes that come through and be like, <laughs> oh, they're doing a Netflix show, they've been away on tour, they're like, how does that work for you? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I can answer that question about people's receipts, actually. Um, no, I'm kidding. When you, when you say neutral, Jamie, do you mean boring? When you come from a neutral accounting background, is that the definition of a boring accounting <laughs> background? No, I'm kidding. So, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a huge difference. Um, the truth is there isn't a massive difference between doing accounts for, I don't know, a plumber to doing the accounts for somebody who's a lead role in the West End. But there is. The plumber buys spanners and pipes. The one in the West End has an agent and does different things. So I'd be lying if I didn't say I absolutely love it. Um, I don't really spend any time on anything but theatre counts now. It's most definitely my baby. I love it. Um, and I could just, as you can probably tell already, I could talk literally all day about it. I think going back with where we began with those clients, you know, we, we doubled the client bank quickly and, you know, very quickly from word of mouth. There's no marketing campaigns. There's no huge amounts of money for AdWords that everyone wants me to spend money on. Um, we check in the odd free crazy competition now and again that you've probably seen. Um, the Christmas one's always a good highlight, especially last year. And I think we just love it. Our clients are 99.99%. They're ace and it sounds really cheesy and I've just actually gone a bit goose pimply saying it, but they do become part of a family almost. We, we try and just keep it simple. Just be chilled out, you know, life's stressful, especially the last however many bloody months. Um, so it's far more fun. It, it is quite fun sometimes seeing what people spend their money on. Yes. Um, <laughs> it all be, I think it all becomes the norm. Really. You don't look at it anymore. Nothing is a surprise. Um, and yeah, I've got a thousand stories that I could tell on that I think definitely you represent a wide spectrum of those in the entertainment industry it's not just performers on stage you have people backstage you have create um, creatives producers agents so can you talk a bit about the type of services you offer or who you look after because there'll be people listening who are in the entertainment industry but they're not on stage per se they could be a videographer or a photographer and so on yeah, I, I did actually think about this coming into the office this morning. So I'm thinking, well, I wonder what questions we're going to talk about. What are we going to discuss? And I couldn't tell you who we actually act for is the honest answer. But I think obviously, you know, actors, yeah, obviously agents, production companies, TV presenters, magicians, uh, photographers, voiceover artists, soap stars, make, you know, any, pretty much I would say anything within the entertainment world, we act for them. Um, you see... We see certain peaks of different clients. So seafarers, um, obviously the last 18 months hasn't been very popular because you can't go on a cruise ship. But I think prior to that, um, we've seen a lot more people going on cruise ships. I think it's a bit more, you know, of the, of the thing. People go and generally save their money. Um, I'm just trying to think, who have we signed up this week? What would we have had some exciting ones? Um, I know definitely actors, uh, there's definitely an influencer. Um dancers of a model um quite a few consultants so some people that might have stepped back a little bit from you know in front of 
the camera and started offering their their experience to others that are in that industry really so yeah lo- loads loads and i think it's good for those listening to know that they're in safe hands and like it's i think sometimes it's very scary because it's it's so detached from being a creative if you get me because you you could be on stage or man in the camera or whatever it is but actually tax and your accounts and running yourself as a business is so important you we said off camera or off podcast that you've recently just gone into a theater college to talk which is amazing are there any mistakes or any questions you get from maybe someone newer to the industry or who's not really kept check on their accounts and then they come to you in a panic that you could kind of say this is the overall theme we get do this to rectify it yeah absolutely <laughs> loads um yeah I was just gonna say again then how long have we got Jamie <laughs> no I think yeah we did we we do loads of tax talks um tons of them we don't charge for them which hopefully goes down very well I'm well aware that um, it doesn't happen very often in you know drama schools etc and people need it I think um other accountants do it but we try and be different we don't charge anything for it. I don't want paying don't want any money we'll just do it obviously on the back of that yes some of those people will hopefully come to us in the future to be their accountant um and I think that's that's been assisted with the likes of Zoom because it's easier now to do it on Zoom. We don't all have to travel around the centre of London all day, every day. Yeah, mistakes. I think it's not just entertainers. It's not just entertainers that make mistakes. I think that's unfair. Um, <laughs> I think the entertainment people are the best and their tax returns are always perfect. It's all of the other people that are, that are nightmare. I love a good analogy, right? And the truth is, for everybody that I generally talk to, and you might do your own tax return, Jamie, we've not had that conversation, but I will, um, is I say to people, you can do your own tax return if you want to. Of course you can. Um, if you've got, I think, the time and the patience and everything else that goes with that and you're not scared of it, then I think you can do it yourself. Or can you afford to pay somebody to do it for you that's a reputable company, they're a qualified accountancy practice, um going back to my analogy that i give to clients is i could probably change my own brake pads on my car however would i get it right would i stop when i get to the island down the road well probably would but i think the implications could be could be quite catastrophic if i did change my brake pads which i don't Um, not anymore anyway but i think mistakes wise mistakes what mistakes have we seen i think the biggest one would be people who just bury their head in the sand I think that's an easy one. That's an obvious one. People think that I haven't earned any money. Um, or no, sorry, I'll say that bit again. People think because they're not earning over the personal allowance, they don't have to do a tax return. I only earned 10 grand. I don't have to do it. That's not true. Definitely not true. If you earn over a thousand pounds, you've got to do a tax return. There's loads of other pros and cons of whether you should, whether you shouldn't, etc. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest one, there's, there's more, which I'll touch on, but I think the biggest one is people burying their head in the sand. Um, and hopefully, I think we've had loads over the past, you know, how many years, and we've seen some people with an astronomical amount of late tax returns to complete, late filing penalties, interest, you know, a, a, a huge sum, you know, on the verge of bankruptcy for some people. And My biggest thing, I think, when I speak to any client or go into drama schools is 
it's false that you have to do your tax return in January. You don't. You've got from the 6th of April to the following 31st of January to do your tax return. Don't be like everybody else who does it in January. Not everybody, of course. Um, but there's a misconception that you have to do it in January and you don't. Do it early. You then know what tax you've got to pay well in advance, if any. Um, you might be due a refund and you would get it back earlier. Um, and it's just nice, just get it done. You might have to adjust your payments on accounts, especially in COVID. Um, so yeah, don't bury your head in the sand and get it done as early as possible. I think on top of that, what else? I've got a few good examples in my head. What are they? I think trying to put as many expenses in as they can. And literally some people trying to put in everything, dog food, I don't know, their nan's Christmas <laughs> present, um, a holiday abroad, you know, and obviously they're not all allowable. Um, foreign income, a lot of clients work abroad and foreign income withholding tax. That's a nightmare. People can lose out massively on that. Um, people who have a day job. So you might work for Theatre Counts Limited and be employed and you might have tax deducted from you. That could potentially get you a refund and people have, have missed that out in the past. Probably one more would be if people have made a loss, so their expenses are greater than their income, um, not using that loss properly because it could potentially get you a refund if you've paid tax previously. So I think apart from that, to be completely honest, everyone's absolutely fine. Everyone's great. They're all amazing accountants, my clients. <laughs> One thing I'd love to touch on there that you mentioned actually is quite often as freelance creatives, you will obviously have your freelance work, but then you may pick up a PAYE job along the way, whether that's um, temping at a bar, you teach dance, whatever it is. And I know sometimes people struggle with that mindset, but you can just because you do one, it doesn't cancel out the other and it doesn't make the other seem, it doesn't kind of overpower them, does it? You can still pay tax on your POIE and you still have to save for your freelance tax. Is that, I've summed that up terribly and I'm sure you can say it more articulate than I can. That, I think that's the difficulty, Jamie. You can't, we, we can't even pronounce the, the is it an acronym? Uh, P-A-Y-E. Can't I just make it easy? <laughs> People just say my payee income. Um, yeah, it's it's hugely common. You know, people have, I don't like to use the word side hustle, but side hustles. Um, obviously, in the last how many months with COVID, we've seen talking of horror stories, not horror stories, but people are either working full time as a freelancer or others have a mixture of both. It's absolutely no problem. You can do both. Um People quite often won't work front of house somewhere whilst building up their career. Um, or some people, yesterday I spoke to somebody, they are um, full-time PAYE at the NHS, but they're also a freelance performer. Fine, absolutely no problem. It, it can become a bit more complicated. So if in particular that instance yesterday, that particular client, you know, if they're getting closer to the higher rate tax threshold, um, is when we start looking at different tax saving tips potentially or different structures um but yeah you can do both you can do you can do both it doesn't have to be complicated you you know have a p60 or a p45 which is from your day job um and you put it on the tax return this this period for this tax return with covid um we're going to use that word a lot aren't we with um <laughs> covid and the grants and a bit of self-employment it's stinging a few people who have forgot that they've got to pay tax on them or they've i don't know worked at sainsbury's let's say or theater council wherever um 
with a day job, but because they've earned under the allowance on that one, they've not paid tax, but obviously on the tax return, all of that gets added together. Um, but, you know, yeah, you can, you can, some people have three or four day jobs, P-A-Y-E jobs. It becomes difficult because they might have um, emergency tax stopped from them, but put it on the tax return, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I know that um, scares a lot of creatives, especially those who are fresh graduates when some are very fortunate to graduate straight into their dream job, which is a year contract, but a lot, you have to spend that time hustling. So I know that will help hopefully put a lot of people at ease. One question I would love also to touch on, the veterans listening will know this, but those who maybe are fresh grads, registering as self-employed, why do they have to do that? And that's actually quite an easy thing to do. But would you recommend someone waits until they're in their their first self-employed job to register as self-employed or should they register as soon as they graduate? Yeah, again, good, good question. One that we try and deliver um, in all of our tax talks, I think, really. And there's, again, a misconception of I don't have to register because I've not got to pay tax. Um, however, there's... Um, I can't think of the words now, but there's a, a de minimis allowance of a thousand pound. If you earn over that, then you have to do a tax return. That's it. Fact. Um, why do you have to register? Well, because HMRC need to know if you owe them any tax. Um, and I think the, the the slight swerve ball on all of that is well, actually when when will I when should I register then? And we get that loads. Um, the without boring too much about tax, the tax year runs from the 6th of April to the 5th of April. So I probably shouldn't say this, which is always going to be in the public domain for the next however long. But <laughs> if if you do your first job on the 5th of April, and that's your first freelance job or your first audition, would I register on the 5th of April 2022? Probably not, is the honest answer. Um, and I've seen clients do that in the past because that means you've been self-employed freelance for one day and you have to do a tax return for one day. Um, whereas if you registered on the 6th of April, then you haven't got to do one for a very long time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always being cautious of the date, but if you're, I don't know, graduating, I don't know, just, just say now your first freelance job is now, um, then, you know, if you're miles away, I suppose from the 5th of April, let's just say it's the, the 15th of June, um, today isn't the 5th of June, 15th of June, but let's say it is. Somebody might be listening on the 15th of June and hope it's <laughs> nice and sunny. Um, but I would just register, just, just get it done. I think it gets you in the real world. If you're not registered, your agent might want you to be because they might want your unique tax reference number, so at least you're ahead of the game. Um, you can start getting things organised with national insurance. You can start getting paperwork organised. It's almost... I always define it with, do you remember when you were at school, Jamie, and you had your new maths book you would get? Or why did I say maths for, Alex? Say English. Um, <laughs> you've got your new book and you try and have it really, really neat. That first page is really neat and the second page is really neat and then it just starts getting a bit messy. I think it's, it's you know, get your UTR number, put it on the top of your stuff. Um, so, yeah, register, get registered, basically. You can do it online. It is quite easy if you could navigate the HMRC website um, or, to be honest, I say in all the tax talks, any decent accountant, um, such as theatre accounts potentially, um, will do it for you for nothing if you're a client of theirs. That's the normal, I would imagine. 
Amazing. Um, and I, again, without giving away all your tips and tricks, because we want people to check out, check you out as an accountant, but claiming that's a massive thing we hear. And I get when people um, write in for questions to be covered on the show. Oh, what can I claim? What can't I claim? Should I keep all my receipts? Do I keep them for seven years, five years, three years? So in a nutshell, first of all, how long should people keep records of their accounts in case you are audited? And then are there any top line do's and don'ts of claiming? As you said, people trying to claim a holiday because whilst on the holiday, they may have seen one show. You can't do the whole holiday, for instance. So are there any kind of top line claims and how long should people keep all of their file, um, their, their receipts, hopefully filed nicely and not just in a plastic bag? Yeah, is it? I was going to I was going to make a joke and say, just claim everything and burn your receipts. <laughs> no, bad, bad, bad joke. You can't do that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. What can I claim? I think. Sometimes and. Yeah. How do I, how do I phrase this? I think I'm going to talk about mortgages in a minute. I'm just going to chuck that in there um, after this answer to this question, because there's a misconception that it is the best thing to do to claim as many expenses as you physically can. So again, your nan's Christmas present, dog food, the holiday abroad to Mexico for two weeks and you worked for 36 seconds. Um, it can be a nightmare and everybody, you know, within reason, everybody has to pay their no not within reason everybody has to pay tax obviously if you earn above the threshold but i think in certain industries i'm not saying the entertainment world but lots of freelance work self-employed tradesmen etc think it's amazing to put through all of your expenses so you pay no tax however um when it comes to receiving the grants that people have received lately the lower the profit that people have generated the lower the grant they've received and the lower the profit, the lower the mortgage you're going to get offered. So I'll answer the question first, actually, about expenses, and then then we'll 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 I'll keep talking, Jamie, and we'll talk about those things afterwards. <laughs> um so I think expenses for let's just say the entertainment world in general, obvious things would be, you know, agents commission, managers fees, etc., stuff like that. Um, travel, reasonable subsistence. Um, accommodation costs, digs, if you're on tour, obviously that's a lot easier because you, you're in digs and you're buying food and stuff, that's fine. Um, costumes you have to buy, props, computer equipment, you know, generally, you know, look at us, we've got our laptops on, etc. you know, iPads, MacBook Pros, GoPro cameras, if they're for work purposes, you claim tax relief on them. Um, telephone, mobile costs, internet costs, uh, accountancy fees uh what else what else subscriptions so you know spotlight equity not name dropping people but spotlight equity the obvious ones casting call pro stays jobs pro the actors guild etc all of those type guys uh website costs domain costs headshots pretty much what my advice generally is to clients if you think you can justify it's for your business and justifies the keyword keep it keep a record however you keep it you know, on your bank statements, on software, on a spreadsheet, in a shoebox, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. That's it. Um, you should keep your receipts for six years following the tax year. Um, a lot of people are going digital now, and that's a that's a complete different topic. But generally six years, um, just in case the taxman would like to inquire into a tax return, um, they would like those receipts from you, basically, just to prove that you've done it. So there's... There's tons of expenses, and I think it's just being careful because 
when people think because they're I don't know buying food because they're at work it doesn't mean you can just claim it because the tax plan says well actually Alex you have to eat to live otherwise you die mm-hmm. um so you I think you know I don't I could talk about this all day, but I think speak to your accountant, do a bit of research online. Um, however, however, also don't believe everything you read online. Um, if it's from an accountant, generally it's accurate. If it's from HMRC, obviously it's accurate, but HMRC don't always understand the world of entertainment. Um, in fact, I've got a good example I want to talk about in a minute, um, which I'll think about and discuss. But I saw I saw something recently. I've seen it a lot actually. It keeps popping up on forums and things, and it's I can't think what it is, and I won't say where it is and stuff. But it's a list of what expenses can an actor claim, and it pretty much lists everybody's whole life story. Yeah. And you know that that's fine to do that, and other people, whoever that might be, might tell you to do that, and that's absolutely fine. You can claim everything if you want to, and. The tax plan might not look into your tax return, but we all know it's not an accurate tax return that you've put in. And if they come back and do decide to look into your tax return, you're going to be paying back more tax than you've saved in the first place. So I think don't believe everything you read online unless it's from a reputable um, source, really. I'm just taking a quick moment to pause the episode so you can all decompress and scribble your notes. I learned so much from Alex during this and it's definitely a chat I wish I had had when I first graduated college. And later on in the episode, Alex does give the best contact details for him and the team at Theatre Accounts. So let's get back on with the show. That was such a juicy piece there that I'm sure someone listening probably pause or go back to listen to what you said. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, it was, it was fab. I guess it's stuff I wish I had known when I graduated many years ago, because you kind of, you kind of think, I think this is claimable. Like, can I keep this? And then you just have bags of random receipts that you're like, this is my maybe pile if I was to cipher through it. Yeah. So that was really yeah, good. Yeah. You it's things, said, it's things like, Jamie, sorry. I was just, a, a typical example would be, um, there's a particular show and those individuals have to wear fake tan, right? Uh, they wear loads of it and their bed sheets get trashed and their underwear gets trashed. Really crazy thing to talk about, but true story. If you're a builder that decides to wear fake tan, you can't get any tax relief on anything like that at all because you're a builder that just likes to wear fake tan. But if your job determines that you have to wear fake tan, not for Alex the accountant or Jamie, but because you're performing and you have to wear that and it then affects, let's, I don't know, let's say my pillow gets trashed or my pillowcase gets trashed because my job has forced me to wear fake tan, then buying a new pillowcase, as long as it's a reasonable one and it's not a, I don't know, a Gucci pillowcase, I don't even know if they exist, um, then you'd expect that you can justify that with HMRC and that should be okay. Um, I'm not saying go and claim pillowcases, listeners, um, and always speak to your accountant, but that's just a, a crazy example I'm just chucking out there. So... Um, that's where I think, you know, there, there are other accountants in the entertainment world who have experience, but um, a non-entertainment specific one wouldn't think outside the box on those things. Amazing. Uh, no, and as I know very well, that show in the West End that requires their performers to have a sunbed or get fake tan. I never even thought that it 
does obviously rub off or wash off in certain things and it could ruin it. So great tip for anyone who is going to the Greek islands in that musical. You said the word mortgage, which I firsthand this summer, 2021, had to baptism by fire, learn as me and my partner were able to get one to buy a house. But that process was exciting, scary, exhausting and bumpy. So in a nutshell, let's talk mortgages for Um, self-employed people. Yeah, I think you keep the difficulties. You keep saying in a nutshell and I can't put these into a nutshell. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I think. Yeah, mortgages, mortgages at the best of times for anyone who's self-employed are difficult. Um, Anyone following post-COVID, it's even more difficult. Um, When I was talking about the expenses and the grants and things, there's there's a shift in mindset of people in the last few years that generally, and I'm not saying generally that's really bad, but you, you, you know what I mean? You know, people want to pay as less tax as possible. However, when you go to the mortgage company that asks for your SA302, more words that drive me absolutely bonkers, SA302, um, which you will know very much about your SA302 and tax reviews, Jamie. Um, They just go off your taxable income. Generally, this is just a freelance, self-employed person working in the entertainment world, let's say. And if that SA302, which is basically your tax calculation, show that you've only earned £13,000, guess what? They're not going to loan you much money. Would I loan you £200,000, Jamie, if your tax figures only show you earn twelve grand? No, I wouldn't. So the, the big thing to bear in mind, I suppose, um, and we can help with this, is a couple of things. One, the lower the profit, the lower the tax you pay, fine, but the lower the mortgage you're going to get offered. Um, profit figure, obviously, for those that don't know, is income minus business expenses. That equals your profit figure, and that's what, you're calculated um, to pay your tax on. So the lower the profit figure, the lower the tax you pay, amazing, great, that's wonderful. Um, But the lower any mortgages you're going to receive, or even if you're renting, the landlord will generally ask for confirmation, et cetera, et cetera. However, the higher the profit figure, the higher the tax you've got to pay, and the higher the mortgage you will then receive. What that doesn't mean is you just leave all of your expenses off your tax return. We've had a couple of conversations like that, and you you can't just leave expenses off your tax return to get a mortgage. But just bear in mind, when you're trying to claim absolutely everything possible, it's not always the right thing to do. Um, yes, you'll pay less tax, but if you think of mortgages, et cetera, et cetera, just be, you know, just, just be reasonable, I think, and just think about it. And um, we've, we've struggled for a while with, um, not struggled, but more and more clients come to us for more and more help with mortgages. And we've spoken to tons of mortgage advisors over my last 20 odd years of doing accounts. And not many, as the same with not many accountants, understand the entertainment world as well as others. And as, again, there is loads of other good accountants in the entertainment world. I won't name drop them, but there are. Um, I don't think they're as good as us, but I would say that. Um, <laughs> but similarly with mortgage advisors, and recently I did put a tweet out and people might have seen it that, one guy's particular name kept popping up quite often um, and it just, it registered in my mind. And a few months back, I had a phone call off this particular guy, Adam, and he said, hi, Alex, it's Adam. I was just wondering if you wanted to, and I just really interrupted and said, yes. Um, assuming he was going to say, do you want to work together closer? Um, 
I was right, fortunately. And, you know, we've, we've, you know, we've not completely joined forces, but we've buddied up together. We're partnered together that any client of mine that wants help, I pass them in his direction. Um, if that wouldn't work for that particular client, that's fine, but it makes life easier because we're actually taking out um, the hassle for the clients because me and him are talking or my team and his team are talking and it just makes life easier. He's, he understands the entertainment world. Um, so it's almost sounds really cheesy again but this is what i strive for um it's just it's a perfect partnership and it should make life a hell of a lot easier for a lot of people and i think that's one thing i've definitely gained clarity on the older i've got in the industry is things that save you time and energy are worth doing even if that is a mile more expense and i love the fact that you've created this partnership which speaking firsthand it is it is exciting looking for property but it's exhausting it is scary it's a lot of like is this gonna make this deadline so i think the fact yeah. that there is a team out there i think that's the exciting bit looking for the property is the exciting bit and i i moved <clears throat> three years ago and the hard bit is making sure you've got the mortgage can i afford to borrow that what deposit do i need um what about this when when's the offer you know you've got a mortgage offer but is that definite or is that not definite can i put an offering can i not so i think it's just you know life is um what's the word i was gonna yeah i'll keep it clean life is hard at time life's hard isn't it life's busy um you know i've got two beautiful kids beautiful wife you know a, a great business great clients great team around us but life is busy and we all need to try and i think make it as literally as simple as possible isn't it and it's yeah, yeah that's it so i think for me definitely and i, I know you're the same Jamie, as, as as simple, obviously within reason, you can get things with regards to a, a life balance that we all need. Um, so if we, if we can add any value on any of that, i.e., helping with mortgages and such like, then let's do it. I'll do it for anything. Oh, that's fab. Um, one thing I'd love to also talk about quickly. I say quickly. I'm not an accountant. You might be like, no, that takes more time. But in a, in a nutshell, <laughs> in those, no, hopefully no one's allergic to nuts listening because we're putting them all in the shells. But when it comes to tax and a couple of years ago when they then implemented this they the hmrc now prospect that you're going to earn the same next year so you come oh. july have to pay half payments of- on accounts and that baffled a lot of us when that happened and it becomes scary because again if if you leave your tax bill to january all of a sudden not only are you paying the mass for january you you think oh, i've only got a few months to get July is in order. Can you tell us a bit about what that is and how it does actually help people once you get over the shock? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I sum that up? Um, okay, so payments on account aren't new. They're not new. They've always been there. Um, and basically, if basically, basically, in a nutshell, no. And basically, if your tax liability is over a thousand pound ish i'm going to say ish because it's actually 1159 pound because that includes the class two national insurance but if it's over a thousand pound the taxman wants you to pay payments on account for the following year lots of people have asked me the question what what, what do you mean why, why am i paying ahead um and the only um the only answer i really give is obviously if let's say we're doing the um, 5th of april 2021 tax return that has to be in by the 31st of January 2022, and you pay your tax on the 31st of January 2022. You might file your tax return 
on the 6th of April 21 or the 7th of July 21. You still don't pay the tax until 31st of January. However, when you get to the 31st of January 2022, you are already um, nine or 10 months. My maths aren't very good. Um, nine, <laughs> nine or 10 months through the following tax year. So the taxman's probably thinking, or tax lady, tax people, uh, well, hold on a minute. So he's, he's, he, he's paying his tax. So Alex is paying his tax, but he's nine or 10 months through the following tax year already because his tax liability is over a thousand pounds. I want half up front in the January and half up front July, 2022. So to try and simplify it more, um, just be aware. We've seen tears, horror stories that, you know, the good news is we've had clients graduate, go into a huge job, earn 60,000 quid. Amazing. Absolutely unbelievable. But not only is their tax, I don't know, make a figure up 6,000 pounds, which covers their tax, their national insurance and everything else that goes in it. They might have student loan in there as well. Um, not only have they got to find the 6,000, which of course they would have saved anyway, <clears throat> but the taxman says, I assume, Alex, you're going to earn the same next year. So in the 1st January 2022, I want six plus three, so 9,000 plus another 3,000 the following July. But if, um, so two, two points on that, um, and I'll put it into my nutshell. Two points <laughs> on that. If pretend your tax was the same every single year, six grand, six grand, six grand, six grand, forever and ever and ever, um, year one would be painful and it'd bite you in the backside because you'd be paying nine grand. But as soon as you've paid that, you'd be paying 3,000 every six months. That's it. If your income stayed exactly, that doesn't happen, obviously, but just for, uh, just for the listeners, you'd pay three grand every six months. So it's fine. You're not overpaying tax. You're not, you know, you're not paying double tax. It's just the fact that it bites you a bit because people don't realize there might be payments on accounts. Um, so be aware and be careful if you're a, a higher earner. I think the threshold would probably be, um, what would it be? Probably if your profit figure, if you were just self-employed and your profit figure was probably getting to about 15,000, 15, 16, maybe ish. I haven't actually worked this out. Um, and I don't want you to hear my calculator bashing away. Yeah. That that would probably generate a profit would probably generate a tax bill of a thousand pound ish um, with the national insurance, and that would mean payments on account. Final point is obviously when it comes, to, let's pretend we're doing this tax return, the twenty twenty one tax return. You've had quite a good year for whatever reason. You've received huge grants, and you get to January twenty twenty two, and um, your tax bill is five grand and you've got to pay two and a half on account for the following year, what you can do, and some people don't know, because you are already 10 months through that following tax year, if you're organised, or even if you're not, your accountant can help, you can look at what you have earned in that year, and you can choose to reduce your payments on accounts. So if I knew I was going to earn nothing the following year because I'm going to sit on a beach for 12 months with um, Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. um, then I could reduce them to nothing. I could, if I want, or I could reduce it to 500 pounds or a thousand pounds. So that's really popular for us in January. Quite a few clients contact us and we'll say like, what have you earned, Jamie? Uh, and we'll just, you know, it doesn't have to be bulletproof, precise, perfect, but it can take the pain away for clients instead of paying two and a half grand if they've only got to pay a thousand pound. And yeah, I think just being aware of it, if 
the good news is if you do overpay and you don't reduce them, you will get a tax refund and HMRC will pay you a little bit of interest back. But it's better to be prepared. Um, my, what does my wife say? Um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, um, which of course <laughs> we never fail. Um, but yeah, just being prepared because if you come out and you've got one big job and you've got lots of tax to pay, that hurts. That makes you cry. That's painful. Alex, you've been absolutely so helpful. Where can people find you online? How can they contact you? And how can they how can they get you to help them? Um, yeah, so I'm sure there will be links on the um, on the podcast and stuff. But basically, get in touch. Website www.theataccounts.co.uk. Um, it is spelled slightly weird, okay? And I would have changed the spelling of it, but we inherited it, so we've left it as it is. It's actually T-H-E-A-T-A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S dot co dot UK. But everybody says theatre accounts or theatre, whatever. So, yeah, that's that's a good explanation of that. <laughs> um, jump onto Twitter at the moment. We've got a Halloween competition going for somebody to win a free tax return. How crazy is that? Um, but, yeah, we, we like to spread a little bit of love and stuff. So Twitter, website direct messages instagram bonus email whatever you want get in touch and let's let's chat no problem amazing thank you so much for your time alex wow what an episode so for those of you who have been struggling with your tax or who still need to do it i really hope this episode lit that fire for you just to go and get it done Make sure you follow Alex and the team at Theatre Accounts because they can really make your life as a freelancer so much easier. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a review on your streaming platform and I'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs>